Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Ghost of a Podcast. This week, I have a really great question from Stop Talking Trash, and this is what she asks me. I've tried my best to act with integrity, but sometimes, okay, a lot of times, I'm just straight up irritated. My immediate reaction is to start talking trash and throw petty things around, none of which are the truth in my heart. They're just cheap stabs. I feel the most high thing for me to do is keep it inside, but I can feel myself becoming resentful. This is most often geared towards my coworkers and sometimes friends who I feel like haven't been respectful towards me or someone else. I definitely speak up for myself when it's appropriate, so I wouldn't say that that's the issue. And I don't think that everything is worth a discussion. As a result, I feel like I'm constantly bashing on these people to my boyfriend at the end of every day, but I know this is not how I want to behave, how I truly feel, nor respectful to them in turn. Any advice on how to have acceptance without ever once going there? How do I spiritually handle annoying shiz? That is such a good question because if we're being honest, people are annoying. If we're being honest, this whole, the whole world we're living in, I mean, reality TV, social media, it is very accepted and cool to talk trash to people, to be really like looking for mistakes in others, to be looking for what's wrong with other people where you know, I mean, memes are just making fun of people half the time, right? Like we are in this place where it is absolutely um, accepted and celebrated to be quick with ways of turning on other people or quick with ways of making other people feel less. And, you know, honestly, we don't even need the cultural shift, which we have had um, to perpetuate that. The truth of the matter is, yeah, people are annoying and it is really easy to just be annoyed. But let's unpack this a little bit because, there's a bunch of things you're saying within your question, trash talker, that I think are really important to unpack. So one thing is that you you really are naming that you want to be behaving with integrity, that you don't want to be making cheap stabs, but that when you stop making cheap stabs, you resent people. So the question I kind of have for you to explore is, do you believe that when you're getting it out of your system, you're changing anything? Because kind of what I'm hearing here is that there's a way you don't feel resentful when you get it out of your system. But at the same time, you are saying that the it's not actually productive. Like you don't actually think that what you're saying is wise or helping anybody. So what we're really talking about is self-soothing. What we're really looking at is you have a habit for handling the mental and emotional stress that you feel by people annoying you. <laughs> and that habit is actually not serving you anymore. It's a very surface satisfaction and it has a deeper and longer term problem associated with it, which, you know, separate from the immediacy of your question is something that I, I have found that every living person deals with on one level or another. You have a resource or a tool and you use it and you use it and it works until it stops working. And it's really hard to change tools or resources that at one point worked and are no longer working now. And so let's just start off with, that's what this sounds like it is. It sounds like at one point, talking shit allowed you to put distance between yourself and others. And now it's just making you feel like a shitty person, right? 
I think that's great. I think it's great that you're willing to look at it. I think it's great that, you know, you were really clear in your question that you do know how to stand up for yourself. So it's not that you're getting trampled upon in day-to-day life. So here's the thing. When people annoy you and you feel like you need to do something about it, you need to say something, keeping it inside is not a great option. Because when you say, I keep it inside, what you're really talking about is repressing the feeling. It's squashing the thought, squashing the feeling. So I'm going to give you really simple way of experimenting with this, okay? What I want you to do is the next time somebody bugs you <laughs> on a scale from one to 10, or if it's easier, you can use a scale from one to five, number it, right? And so let's say somebody is doing something incredibly slowly and you think they should be picking up the pace at work. You can be like, all right, this person on a scale from one to 10 is hitting me with a hard 10. I want to murder their face off. I want to (laughs) tell them whatever. Name it as a 10 so that you are separating yourself from the immediacy of the details of what they are doing or what they are not doing. And instead you refocus on your feelings, which are actually your problem. Your problem is not that other people are annoying. I mean, it's low key your problem. Your real problem is how you feel and then how you take care of those feelings so that you can both not be annoyed all the live long day and also not be, you know, a critical mean person. That's such a good goal. So you're going to number it. And when you number it, this will do two things. One, it will allow you to track how you feel. And two, it will put a little bit of distance between the story of what the person is doing and how they're annoying and your feelings, your thoughts, your needs. So you're going to number it. And let's say in this instance, a person is a 10. They are a 10 and they're bugging the shit out of you. Okay. Okay. That's cool. So then what you're going to do is you're going to ask yourself if you can, first of all, breathe. And when I say breathe, I mean, actually breathe like in through your nose, out through your mouth, breathe and try to count off your breaths. So let's say you decide you're going to do like whatever number they are on a scale from one to 10, you're going to multiply it times three. You're just going to take 30 breaths. You're just going to not focus on your thoughts, not follow your thoughts, not repress your feelings, but just locate within your body. And through that process, again, you're buying yourself a little bit of time you're calming your central nervous system because a lot of times when people get annoying to us, what we do is we stop breathing. We start chasing our thoughts or just trying to like shut it all down and we disassociate from the physical body. And when you do that, it's easy to stop taking full breaths. It's easy to stop actually being present. And that has its own physiological uh, result, right? So you're going to start breathing. Let's say it was a 10, you're going to breathe 30 times. This is not a terribly time consuming activity, right? So you can do it anywhere and it's free. That's right. It's free. So then after that, if you're still feeling annoyed, which if you're like me, you will be because I'm a really irritable person sometimes, just ask yourself, okay, am I still at a 10? What's the number? And if the number's down a little bit, you have won a jackpot. Maybe it's still a highly annoyed jackpot, but being able to self-soothe is really what we're talking about here, right? If the number's the same, that's okay too. And then if you have time as a habit, bullet point, you can say it out loud in your head, like think the thoughts really clearly in your head. You can write notes in your phone if your life supports you in doing that in this moment and really just fixate on what is it that is annoying me about this person? 
What is it that this person is doing that is bothering me, right? Just name it, objectify it. And then try to breathe through, am I able to let this go? Is this something I need to deal with? Is this my problem? Is this somebody else's problem? Start to just really own what you're feeling and the force of your own emotion, because that is yours. Now, that's one part of my advice. There's another part of your question, which is really important, which is you come home, you talk crap to your boyfriend, and then it makes you feel bad. And I'm guessing he doesn't love it. That's my guess. You didn't say that, but I think it's pretty easy to guess that. So here's my exercise for you. When you come home and you want to talk shit about the people in your day or your friends, give yourself a timeline. You're allowed to do 20 minutes. If you want to be a petty jerk for 20 minutes, do your worst. And then at the end of the 20 minutes, this is not about being resentful. This is not about doing anything other than taking a different approach to the thoughts and feelings. And this different approach is by breathing. It is by being emotionally present. It's about journaling. It's about basically treating this as an emotional crisis and not a situational crisis. In other words, what I don't want to encourage you to do is to continue to chase what they did, what they didn't do, how they're wrong, how they're dumb, but instead how you don't know how to let something go that's hurting you, how you're not sure if your choices around friendship are serving you. You are not in charge of anyone but you. You don't get to do that. You know, that's, that's not what any of this is about. And so being able to flip your attention instead of on what others are doing onto yourself, then you can gain greater uh, control and authority and agency over how you feel and how you manage those feelings. The point is not to not be annoyed by people. People are annoying. You get to be annoyed by people. You don't have to like everything everyone does. You don't have to like everything, everyone that you come in contact with. That's not necessary. But what you do want to be able to do is know the difference between a situation that is bugging you because there's something wrong and a situation that's bugging you because you're irritable. And they take different remediation. They're both really valid, but they take different remediation from you. And it sounds like you know how to handle the thing where something is wrong, but you don't know how to handle the thing where you just don't know how to be right with yourself. And so here I have given you steps for doing this. Now, before I end this, this answer to your fabulous question, I want to say something else, which is, I learned a lot from cats. Now, I know, you know, astrology, woo-woo, psychic lady, and I like cats and whatever, but I love cats. And I am really blessed because I, you know, I meet with clients and I do the work I do through a studio in a backyard and there's hella cats out here. And I've learned something really powerful from these cats, which is they're constantly being hunted by each other. They're constantly being hunted by raccoons and other weird animals because, Nature apparently exists outside of us as all humans. So what I basically see is that these cats are constantly laying in the sun, chilling, having a lovely time. And then someone walks up, tries to attack them. They fight. It's terrifying sounding. And then they shake it off and go back to chilling in the sun. It is remarkable. Now, what I've really learned from watching this happen over the past couple of years is that the body 
is a resource. When adrenaline gets activated in your system, if you stay calm and you don't use your body as a resource to shake it off, to like move your body and release the adrenaline, the adrenaline gets trapped. And that's where we start to have stuff come up. And and I am not a therapist. This is not my specialty. So I'm not trying to like explain trauma to you guys. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like day-to-day bullshitty stuff that we just like try to tamp down our thoughts, tamp down our feelings instead of releasing them in a healthy and creative way. When we don't have our body as a resource, things get blocked up. And so I would say that it's really important to consider, do you exercise? Do you shake it off? Because if you're going from work to home and the only thing that you're doing in between is, you know, maybe walking to the train or something like that, that might not be enough. And so if you're really annoyed by people, when you come home, go into your bedroom, put on your headphones, 15 minutes of solid dance. Use your body as a resource to shake off the stress of people and things that bug the shit out of you. This is therapy, okay? And it's free and you can do it from home. And it's something that is really important because when we allow ourselves to have thoughts and feelings that are dramatic or unpleasant or even really what we consider to be wrong, not consistent with our value system, but we do it in a way that is creative instead of destructive and intentional instead of reactive, ooh, that gets good. So allow yourself when you come home to be hella annoyed. Think about all the things that bug you, all the people who bug you, and then blast that music and shake it off. Use your body as a resource to sweat it out. And you know this isn't going to like fix it 100%. We're not looking for fixes. We're looking for tools and resources. And this is a really good one. If you have mobility impairment issues and you can't dance, there's got to be something else that you can do to use your body as a resource. And if it's not your body, your voice is part of your body. Try to use your voice. Singing really loud in the shower or something like that can work. Finding a way of releasing emotion without being attached to the content of that emotion is a really good resource when you're dealing with emotions that are disproportionate to the situation that you're dealing with. Right? Right. All right, my friends. I want to thank you so much for tuning in for your advice corner and You can send your questions to me on my website, on the ghost of a podcast page and, you know, keep it brief. Uh, The shorter the question, the easier it is for me to get it on the episode. And if you've got the desire to be on ghost of a podcast with me, please, please do leave your phone number. Please do leave a voice memo or an audio recording question. All right, my friends, sending you love. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Ghost of a Podcast Astrology Corner. Okay, so this week I'm going to look at uh, September 9th through the 16th of 2018. There's so much going on astrologically that I'm just going to kind of get into it because, Lord, you know, it's just a lot. And I guess, I guess before I do get into it, let, let's be honest. Let me, let me actually talk about something that I didn't talk about last time that I think is incredibly important, which is Saturn. Saturn is this planet of responsibility and time and obligation. It is the planet that governs hierarchies and government and uh, patriarchy and capitalism. It's all these kind of big, heavy-handed structures that we have in society. And Saturn is currently in the sign 
of Capricorn. And that is its uh, its organic placement. That's where it likes to be. And that's not necessarily good or bad for us as a society and a whole, but it certainly isn't chill. How about that? It is. It has very little chill. Um, and Saturn has been moving retrograde, which means appearing to move backwards for the last several months since April 2017. And it just went direct last week. What this basically means is that we have been in a state of needing to really look within and look at how we have related to the structures of our life, how we have related to our needs on a material plane, how we have connected to the larger system. So that's not the community in like a a socially conscious way per se. It's the community in more of a reality-based way. It's like the community of humans that you share uh, your neighborhood with or your city with or your state or your country, etc. It's a, a sense of responsibility that Saturn brings. And we've been needing to really look at our individual participation in that. And I think we've seen that in social and cultural shifts um, and certainly through social media. But on a more personal level, you have been probably in your own unique and individual way, really looking at how you've put your life together and how it how it is or isn't working for you. Now, that doesn't mean you've come up with answers. It doesn't mean that you've made any changes, but that theme has been running through your life, the real pragmatic ways in which you are living and whether or not it is serving your larger goals. Hopefully, you have even been questioning your larger goals. That's what you're supposed to be doing. I put supposed to in quotes. You can't see me right now, but I did it. I put it in little finger quotes. Duly noted, my friends, duly noted. So anyways, there's been this shift and now Saturn is moving forward. It is marching along. This can mean that you will feel a greater sense of potential right now. A sense of like, okay, I I can actualize and move forward with my goals. I can make things happen. And there may in fact be a sense of kind of, uh, yeah, maybe maybe a greater sense of moving forward. That sounds great the way I said it, but here's the reality. If you have half-baked plans, if you have plans that are not self-appropriate, if you have not been uh, relating to your actions and and reality in a realistic way, then you might start moving forward with plans that aren't fantastic for you. So that's something for you to really consider. This is a great moment this particular week, and I'll tell you why in a moment, to really review and reassess what you've been working on and towards since last spring. Now, at the same time, I think it's worth noting that we in the US and certainly I think globally are going through a lot. And we're going through a lot in our relationship towards um, power and how it is or isn't shared and governments and their rule over their people and whether it does or doesn't serve the needs of the people. This is kind of something that is is happening across boards. I mean, arguably, it's always happening. It's not new. It's not unique to this moment. And I will say that when Saturn is in Capricorn, what we tend to have, and, and, and Saturn is in each individual sign for a couple few years, every approximately 29 years. So we can look back about 29 years ago and then about 60 years ago, you, you get you get the math. When this occurs, when this happens, what is really important to be able to do is to look at how you are participating in the larger system, whether or not you are actively insisting on your voice being heard or you're just grumbling about it in the background because here's the thing, those with power will fight and work to maintain their power. 
And this can be a time of reorganization of power. But that requires participation. Saturn is all about the reality principle. It's about doing things IRL. It's not about thinking about things or complaining about things on social media. No, no, sir, it is not. It is instead about getting involved in pragmatic and material ways and trying to create systemic change step by step by painstaking step. When we are going through Saturn stuff, we don't always see results. We have to do the labor. This is sowing the seeds time. So I want to encourage you to do just that, to look at how you're participating in the larger world around you and whether or not it accurately reflects what it is that you want to see happening in the larger world around you, aka get off your butt and do a damn thing. Get involved, do a damn thing. That's my Saturn talk. (laughs) So to your horoscope. September 9th, September 9th, we have a new moon in Virgo and Venus moves into sexy and deep Scorpio. In fact, on the 10th, Mars moves into impulsive and dynamic and creative Aquarius. And we have Mercury moving into Virgo this week, or just moved into Virgo. So we have this massive shift and this massive changing of the guards that's happening as these planets change signs. And, you know, You might really notice it depending on your birth chart. You might not really notice it, but let me tell you what you should notice is that there is a shift. There is a kind of a fertility as the energy changes in the world around you. And within that is the potential for you to participate in new ways, for you to bring new parts of yourself to the table and to act in new ways. The thing about change, and you know, I get questions all day long about how do I change X? How do I change Y? And there's a million nuanced answers. Slash, there's one answer. You take a deep breath, you have an intention, you follow through with that intention. That's how you make change. And so if you're feeling really overwhelmed or uncertain of what to do, start really small. Start with the smallest of things. If you walk to work the same way every day, change change your route. Um, if you, you know, always put your bag on one shoulder, put it on another shoulder. If you don't know where to begin, begin really, really small because change begets change. Presence begets presence. So that is deeply connected to this new moon in Virgo on the 9th. The new moon in Virgo is a really fertile new moon. And this one happens about once a year. You know, we have new moons in each sign only but once a year. So it's a big deal. It's when the sun and the moon are at the exact same degree and the exact same sign. And this is a fertile one. This is a fertile one for getting reacquainted with your body, for really relating to your material existence. And so that is related to your physical body and to your home and to the home of the place you live in, the community you live in. But I think with Virgo, it is more fixated on the physical form that you live in. And if you can strive to reunite with your body, if you've been feeling kind of out of it or disconnected from it, this is really important for me to say, this has nothing to do with the way you look. I'm not talking about aesthetics. I'm not talking about what other people think of your body. I'm talking about your body, your BFF. If it's not your BFF, start there. It's supposed to be your BFF. You're supposed to, um, again, I put the quotes around supposed to. I'm putting quotes, guys. You can't see it. But we are meant to really... Um, be the the steward and the the shepherd of our own bodies. This body is it's where you live this life, and the way it looks and the way other people react to it is the least important part of your body. In our society, 
We have a habit of making it one of the biggest parts of, of our physical existence. Um, I think especially for us, uh, nurtured as female, well, for actually, no, for everyone. It's just, it's for everyone. I take it back. So if you can look at your body, look at your face, look at your body and do not look at it from an aesthetically critical standpoint. Look at it from a perspective of the freaking miracle that this clump of cells is. It's amazing. It's crazy. You have a universe inside of you. Don't get me started on the parasites that live inside of us. It's crazy. And on our skin, I mean, we are these crazy organisms. Pay attention. Embrace your organism. Notice what you have been avoiding or rejecting of your physical body and see if you can't shift your perspective and be a better friend to your physical form. This is a great time for looking at your habits around your physical wellness. And if you have been wanting to start a new diet, and I'm not talking about weightless, I mean, if that's what you want to do, I'm not judging you. You do whatever you think is best. But I'm talking about, you know, if you've been eating dairy and you know it's making you feel crappy, you're like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit dairy for a month, see if that makes a difference. This new moon is a great time to kick off a new health habit. If you're trying to drink less or I don't know, there's 6 million things I could say, wear sunblock if that's your if that's your game, if that's what you like to do. This is a great time to activate and initiate a new way of relating to your body that better reflects your friendship with your body or the friendship that you ideally want to have with your body. So this new moon, try it out. I'm saying try it out. On the 11th, we have a, a bunch of stuff shifting. We have a sun sextile to Jupiter and trying to Pluto while Jupiter and Pluto form a sextile to each other. This is, again, so fertile. These planets are all making really lovely aspects to each other, which basically means their energy is going to be able to work in concert. This means that you are capable at this time of creating reform in your life. Jupiter is a great asset when we're trying to heal or see the bigger picture of our development. And while Pluto is always really heavy, the combination of these three planets is not heavy. It allows us to see things more clearly and approach things from a new place. The Jupiter-Pluto sextile is a bigger transit that has been going off and on through the course of many months. And this represents a time in society where we can see real reform that better serves the needs of all the people. Um, we can also see a deepening or greater entrenchment of structures that don't work. And that's the problem with Jupiter. You know, if you, if you follow astrology, a lot of astrologers will say that Jupiter is the lucky planet. You will not hear me say that because I don't necessarily think that's true. Jupiter governs resiliency and optimism and in that way can be quite lucky. I mean, there's like a lucky component to it, but for reals, what it is, is it's the great expander. And so when we have the potential for expansion, if we have a negative or self-destructive habit and it gets expanded, that's not lucky. That sucks. And so you really want to look at your habits this week and make sure that they reflect your intentions. And if you don't have clear intentions, that's the work is focus on what is it that I really want to be doing? Where do I want to be in five years? Who do I want to be in five years? And what actions do I need to take to get there? When I'm making goals, what I like to do is to kind of count it back. So in other words, if I say, okay, I want to have a, a tree house in five years, 
then within four years, I need to have the money saved up. And within three years, I have to be able to have a plan. And in two years, I need to own a tree, you know? So you want to kind of like dial back your goals as a way to, um, have greater clarity about how to get there. Because when we're planning from this moment forward, it can feel really daunting. If we're planning from the end game backwards, for me anyways, it can be really inspiring and a kind of clearer path forward. On the 12th, we have a Venus opposition to Uranus and a Venus sextile to Saturn. I warned you guys, there's lots going on this week. So this can be kind of an upsetting period. And, you know, from where I'm sitting in the concert of transits we have, I would say this is good because at the start of the week, as I've been talking about so far, we're really dealing with the potential for revisioning what we're doing and reforming our lives. And then this Venus opposition to Saturn is deeply destabilizing. It creates upsets. And so you may have a secret revealed. You may see things differently than you've seen them. This is not a great time for solidifying plans. It's a great time for seeing things differently, for creating growth, because we cannot have change without instability. It's not an option. I mean, maybe it is. Sometimes it is. But in general, not so much. So instability on its own is not a bad thing. Instability that does not lead to further growth Maybe that's not so great, right? So do your homework leading up to the 11th or the 12th, and that will really support whatever comes down around the 12th to be something that actually helps you to see what needs more attention in your life and kind of helps to direct you. On the 13th, we have a Mercury opposition to Neptune. Now, this is just, this is just messy. Mercury is your thoughts it's communication and Neptune scrambles things. It's uncertain. It's fog. And so at this time, the kind of destabilization that we're seeing on the 12th may be really confusing. It may be demoralizing. So take a nap. It's okay. This is not the greatest day to figure things out on a cognitive level. So don't plan to do that around this time. Not a great day to sign contracts if you can avoid it. If you have to sign a contract, triple check the thing, triple check the thing. If you have questions, ask. This transit can coincide with exhaustion, demoralization, or anxiety. So support yourself around those things. Don't freak out. It's not bad news. It's just another chance for you to engage with those themes consciously if you can. And if you can't, become aware, self-aware that you don't have those skills accrued and start accruing them, okay? Um, Finally, on the 15th and 16th, we have Mercury trying to Pluto and sextile to Jupiter, respectively. And this, thank you so much, universe, is really fortifying right after that Mercury opposition to Neptune. So you're going to be able to figure things out. You're going to be able to say what needs to be said. These are great dates, actually, for signing contracts and furthering your, your interests. But it's all about timing, right? And that's the cool thing about astrology. It kind of gives us a heads up about the energy that's going to be flowing through our lives. So not the specific details always, but the energy. And if you can work with the energy, then you can actually have a much easier time of life. And so around the 11th through the 14th, I wouldn't expect for things to be super stable, but on either side of those dates, Man, this is such a great time for getting real with yourself about your life and about the world. And in general, this is a fantastic time for participating in the world around you. And that's what I want to encourage you to do. I, I will say, you know, I know, I know it's a spiritual podcast, 
But I really believe, and if you read my work, then you, you know I talk about this all the time. I really believe that in order to be really embodying one's spirituality, we have to participate politically and socially in the world around us. And we don't all have to do everything. That's crazy. That's not possible. You can't do everything. Nobody can. But we all do need to do a little something. That is really important. To be a spiritual person means to embody your spiritual values. And if your spiritual values are only about yourself, I want to encourage you to really question that. And instead, look at what do I feel called to do? How do I feel called to help? Because there are so many ways that this world needs help right now. And if each and every one of us participates in our little way, things will shift, they will change, and it will be powerful. But it does take all of us caring enough to do a thing. And if you're having a lot of anxiety about the world around you, and you're feeling freaked out about politics, or you're freaked out about the environment, or any number of crazy ass things that are happening in the world, action is the antidote. Find an action that you can take. You can take actions from your phone. You can do things that are not necessarily like getting out in the streets or becoming a politician. Go out and do a thing. Do a thing that reflects your care instead of your anxiety. And that does help. It doesn't cure a thing, but man, it helps. And it helps you and it helps the thing you're stressing out about. Okay. All right. Hey, thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. My hope is that you use astrology as a tool for living better and that your spirituality is something that you have a sense of love and care for and that you trust that this is a process. And this process sometimes feels like shit and sometimes feels amazing, but it's all a process. So don't get too attached to where you're at right now. Stay on the path. Bye, loves.